that um, how would things be different? Would things be different if Jesus was born today and we had the ability to tweet about it, blog about it, follow it on the news feed, get the information out, make sure we, everyone knew we were attending the, um, you know, the visitation of the child? Or How would things really change? Would it be any different? I started wondering if, if it really would have changed at all. I mean, would more people really have known that Jesus was born simply because of our ability to communicate it more? Or, very similar to back then, would just as many people who were anticipating the Messiah have missed out on his coming? They would have been there and this thing happened that changed everything and yet they didn't even notice it. The reason I bring it up is um, I think it's easy for us to miss Christmas, or at least to miss the true meaning of Christmas. A couple years ago, I actually missed Christmas. I uh, did the Christmas Eve service here, and then uh, had a 6 a.m. flight from here to uh, South Bend, Indiana. I was going to visit uh, Shannon's parents, and then uh, my family had already flown out a few days earlier, and so uh, got up in the morning, driving to the airport. It was snowing buckets. I mean, it was just coming down and down. It was the year that uh, we got a ton of snow. I get to the airport, and uh, we load up. We get on the plane. We get de-iced. We're pumped to leave. We sit on the runway for an hour. We get de-iced again. We get back on the runway. We fly out. We land in Denver, and I had missed my next flight. So I had this five-hour layover uh, on Christmas in Denver, decided to have dinner. I ate with two Canadians and a Texan. It was kind of fun. We all sat at this. Uh, we'd never met each other before. We're like, hey, you're stuck here. Me too. Hey, let's have dinner. And so we all sat down and had dinner together and uh, took off, got a flight to Minneapolis, and uh, the snow was just coming down there as well. In fact, we were like one of the last planes to land, and then they cleared off the runway again, and then we were the last plane to take off before they just shut it down for the rest of the night. Got into South Bend, Indiana, 2.30 a.m. the following day, and I missed Christmas. Now, I missed the uh, spending the evening with my family or having dinner with them, but history is really full of people who've missed Christmas who've missed the true meaning or the true understanding of the advent or the coming of Jesus to earth. And I think if we miss Christmas, we really miss this true understanding of love. Before we get into that, I want to talk just for a moment about some of the examples in Scripture of people who perhaps miss Christmas. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. It's a familiar passage. Most of us have uh, read it for many years. But in Luke chapter 2, it says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Down to verse 4, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, and he went to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because 
There's no place for them or no room for them in the inn. Many of us think about this innkeeper. In some ways, he may have been the first person to miss Christmas, the first person to miss out on this new reality. I mean, I can only imagine what it would have been like. The city or the town is just busy. The census is taking place. There's people everywhere. I mean, his whole um, place of residence where he's housing people is completely filled. He's running around. He's got so many things to do, so much on his mind. And all of a sudden, this young couple, Mary and Joseph, come up and are standing before him, and they ask about a room. And I mean, he is standing. He has no idea, but he's standing in front of the mother and father that would raise Jesus. And in fact, standing in front of Christ himself in utero, and he says, hey, there's, there's no room here. So we don't know exactly what happened after that, but we do know that he sent them off. Where he sent them, some suggest a stable, a cave, a lean-to, some courtyard, a place probably yards from where he was. And the Christ child is born on his property, perhaps, and he missed it. I wonder why that was the case, and I'm just going to surmise that part of why he missed it was he was just self-absorbed. He was preoccupied. He had a lot going on. He was busy. There was attention to detail. There was so much to be done, and I think there's a lot of us at times that miss out on this true Advent season simply because we get caught up in the busyness. We get preoccupied with the things to do, the places to go, the events to be a part of, the gifts to get. And all of a sudden, this season becomes something dramatically different than what it's truly intended to be, simply because we get preoccupied. There's a second person that I think kind of missed out on Christmas, and that's Herod. Herod was um, an interesting fellow. We're not going to turn to Matthew, but if you go to the beginning of Matthew, chapters 1 and 2, you get this story of the wise men who come, and they meet up with King Herod. King Herod missed Christmas simply because of fear. He meets these magi, and they say to him that there is someone that's been born king of the Jews, and we would love to meet him. And Herod gets freaked out. He gets nervous. He's scared. Because any threat to Herod's throne was met with anger. I mean, Herod wanted more than anything to maintain the power that he had acquired, and he was willing to go to whatever length necessary. In fact, legend has it that uh, Herod was such an evil guy that he would wipe out whole groups of people simply because he was afraid they might threaten his throne. In fact, at one point, Herod had uh, ten wives, and one of his most prominent wives was uh, this lady whose brother was the high priest in the area. And the high priest at the time had great power, and so Herod was scared in many ways of this high priest because he might threaten his power in some way. And so one day he invited his brother-in-law out for a swim jumped into the lake, and then Herod's bodyguards jumped in afterwards and drowned the high priest. 
story has it that he uh, pretended it was an accident, went to the funeral and pretended even to weep. His wife wasn't buying it. She wasn't very pleased. So he killed her. And then he killed her mother. I guess mother-in-laws back then were still an issue. So he has this, this just desire to maintain whatever he can to say, I want to be in power. In fact, many people believe that both of the sons that he had that were heirs to the throne, he ended up killing before he died because he was fearful that in his last days they might overtake power and, and kick him off the throne. I mean, this was a, a wicked man. This was a man that was so fearful, driven by this fear. And in some ways, you might not think that it relates to us at all, but I, I, I kind of feel in some ways that it does because for many people around the world, and maybe for some of us, we miss Christmas because of the same fear, and it's a fear that we have to give up our throne. That there's a new king. I mean, we want, we want Jesus. We want him as a great friend. We want him as a resource, a backup plan a lot of times. We want him for lots of reasons. But when the Christ child, when the little baby was born, it changed everything. And it means that there's a king. And if there's a new king, it means that I'm no longer king. And when I have to bow my knee to the new king, it means that my plans change. My agenda isn't the top agenda anymore. My resources are handled differently. The things that I do, the things that I dream about, the places I go, everything's changed simply because there's a new king. I think some of us miss Christmas because we're afraid to give up the throne. We're afraid of the implications of it. There's another group that missed Christmas, and that was the people of both Nazareth and Bethlehem. I mean, Jesus was in their midst. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, stayed there for a period of time until he took off before Herod came in and killed all of the babies that were born to and under. So they were in Bethlehem. They were around many people as Jesus was born. And then later, they were in Nazareth. And in Nazareth, I mean, he grew up among the people of that town. They ate with him. They probably played games together. They worked together. He was at the temple. He hung out. I mean, this is, they were constantly in the presence of the Messiah. And yet it went unnoticed, perhaps just simply because of being too familiar. The familiarity of being around Jesus. I know for me, there are times where the story of Christmas and the story of Jesus becomes so familiar that it sometimes loses its specialness. I don't know if that's ever been true of you. I remember growing up and my parents religiously read to me every Christmas morning, Luke chapter 2. Your family might have a similar tradition. And so we, would mem we memorized Luke chapter 2 and then we would like quote different parts of it and they would read it. And I remember when I was like 13 going... Okay, Luke 2, let's, let's just get to the presence. You know, like, we've heard it before, we've memorized, we know this story, nothing's changed, it's the same thing. And somehow that familiarity with it 
might cause some of us to just absolutely miss it. That we miss seeing this idea of Advent and the coming of Jesus in a fresh new way. It just becomes the same old, same old. I think there's a lot of reasons, and we could list many more reasons or many more characters in the Scripture that seem to, to highlight the fact that we could miss Christmas. But I think when we miss Christmas, what we end up missing is love. I often miss it for the same reasons, whether it's preoccupation, whether it's indifference, self-focus, just a familiarity. We, <clears throat> when we miss Christmas, I think we miss love. We miss retelling the story. We miss reliving it. We miss the beauty of what was and the beauty of what will be. Because see, the whole Advent story, the whole Advent is about love. I mean, love gave or sent His Son. Love was born. Love then became a man. Love laughed and cried. Love lived the perfect life. Then love gave his life. Advent, the advent of love, of Jesus, the person of Jesus, is truly the central event in all of history. I mean, there has never been a more important person that has ever lived, nor will there ever be. That Jesus became God-man on earth. It's the most incomprehensible miracle. It's the most unbelievable reality that has ever happened. And He did the most important things that were ever done. The incarnation is the defining act in many ways of the love of God toward us. The Gospel writers talk about it all throughout the New Testament. It talks about it. There's a couple passages I want to glance at. If you have your Bible and want to turn to the beginning of John, there's this section in John that just highlights this, the significance of the coming of Jesus. And it says in verse 6, that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made known through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. I mean, he's essentially saying he came to his own, and his own people missed Christmas. He missed this gift of love. And it goes on to say that, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Eugene Peterson talks about this idea that that God put on flesh and then moved into the neighborhood, that everything changed, that we got this new neighbor who came in and everything will no longer be the same. 
First John talks about a similar idea. You don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen. But in 1 John, it, it says this in chapter 4, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, Advent is about love. It's also about anticipation. It's about anticipating the Jesus who came, the Jesus who will come, and the Jesus who is continuously coming. That Jesus is constantly breaking in new into our lives. That the truth of His coming is what enables us to actually celebrate. It gives the meaning behind the Christ Mass. Right? Christmas is really that. It's a Christ Mass. It's us remembering and anticipating Him and His love for us. So in these next few moments, what we're going to do is take communion together on this fourth Sunday of Advent. And we are going to celebrate the God who is love, the God who is hope, the God who is peace, the God who is joy. All of these things that we have been talking about in Advent, all of these things that we've been celebrating, are all found in Him. There's a writer, William Will Wilmanson, who makes this statement. We are forever thinking that it is in some mountaintop experience, in some moment of spiritual ecstasy, some emotional high, some religious trip that God meets us. So we search for the Holy Land, we venerate relics, we try to tune in or tune out, escape, or whatever. All this is part of our fantasy that God is somewhere other than here among some other people than us. But where did Jesus Himself say He would meet us? Broken body and shed blood, ordinary bread and everyday wine, common people and your usual friends. He meets you here. So we take communion this morning for a couple reasons. One, to remember. We're told that communion is about this time of remembrance for us to focus on the truth that Jesus Christ came, that the Advent took place, that He was here, that He dwelt among us, that He lived the perfect life, that He demonstrated His love toward us, and the act of giving His life on our behalf. And we're told in the Scriptures that this is an act of remembrance. It's something to reflect back on. His life, His death, His resurrection. But let me encourage you with this truth. I also believe that this act of taking the Lord's Supper together as a community is also something that's designed to cause us to anticipate. So it's not just about remembering. See, Advent is about remembering His coming, but it's also about anticipating His return. 
I think the Lord's Supper is about the same, that it's about remembering, but it's also about anticipating. And here's what we're anticipating. Jesus is with His disciples. He's sitting at the table. He breaks the bread to represent His body. He pours the wine to represent His blood. And He says this, the next time I eat this meal, the next time I taste of the bread and the wine, it will be with you. I mean, that's what we anticipate, right? I mean, we long for His return, not just so that He breaks in new again, but so that we actually have a meal together. That we actually sit face to face and the thing that we've been longing for, the thing that we've been singing about, the thing that we're, when, when we're saying, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, God with us, that is what we anticipate. And so this morning, as we take communion, let me encourage you to not only reflect and remember what He's done for us, the fact that He is a gift of love to us, but let us also not miss this season, this truth that He is coming, that we hope for that, we long for that, and that the next time He partakes, it's with us. Let's pray.